0: I think it's funny because he's like, it's, I will judge you, but not over something like this. You had put it a different way, like this is kind of meaningless, you know, this kind of judging is a little meaningless to me, and I, I mm-hmm. think that's a good way to look at it. It's a very interesting thing because ultimately he is the judge, but yeah. not for petty disputes yeah. like that.
1: Not for things of this world right. so much, perhaps. Anne?
2: um I mean, I think, you know, like Jesse said, it would be natural for someone to go to a rabbi you know to maybe handle some of this but but it seems odd to me the situation this was a teaching a crowd situation and i think that it shows where this man's um, kind of obsession was that this is a big speaking situation where jesus is you know teaching wisdom to a big groove, and this man just can't constrain himself. He just burst out in the middle of a crowd. I, you know, I'm being wronged here. You need to take care of it. Instead of, right. A lot of people did come to see Jesus one-on-one, but he yeah. couldn't even wait for that. He just is bursting out in the middle <clears throat> of this really inappropriate situation at the wrong time. <coughs> He's out this yeah, very personal
1: agreement that he suffering and I think if you think about it, the, just kind of step back and look at the setting there's lots and lots of people here and the son of God is standing there teaching them about the things of the kingdom you know and all of a sudden they take ten steps back you know they get back to the earth and back to the things the, the mundane things of the world were they important to this man? Yes, they were. But his, his mind was in the wrong place. I think we can see that. And his, his trust was in the wrong thing. And therefore, you know, Jesus, he acted accordingly. And uh, he, uh, he came in. Well, the idea of Jesus told them this parable uh, in 16. And the word, does anybody know what the word means? Uh, The word parable, it means to throw something down alongside something is what it means. The word, I'm not a a Greek person, but para means to come alongside uh, in assistant. Uh, What's a paraclete, Sarah? Do you know what a paraclete is? Now you I feel like I should know, but
3: I yes. know off the top of my head.
1: Some legal assistant, someone who would come along and deal with law, paraclete, someone who comes alongside you and helps you. An attorney, we would call them today. <coughs> a paralegal, okay? A paralegal, a paralegal that's where that would... A
3: professional yeah. Uh Parakeet,
1: don't <laughs> <laughs> par- par- paradigm is like an example or a model of something that makes you see this other thing. Uh, a parachute helps you a lot when you're falling out of an airplane. You pull the cord and it comes. Ab- it so happens to be above you, but it it supports you until you're safe. So it's k- kind of kind of a neat k- neat word. You see the word parry. I look for that idea of coming alongside because that's that's what uh, Jesus did with this story that he presented and so he he saw this scenario going on with this man in his heart in his desires in the in the presence of what his mind probably at the time should have been on and so he threw down this parable and just let it teach him and and everyone else that was there uh and boy, it, it it teaches very vividly, doesn't it? You tell the little story, and there's there's not even any questions at the end of the, the none needed. It's it's clear uh, what the what the uh, application is and how it how it's going to uh, affect those who heard heard that and was in the presence of that. <coughs> the uh, let me ask you this: Let's think about the rich fool uh, for a few minutes. Where did he go wrong? Was there anything wrong with him being prosperous? I think we could say he was prosperous. Anything wrong with him being prosperous? Okay. Nobody thinks there was anything wrong with that. Was, Was there anything wrong with building bigger barns? No? Don't think so.
3: Not necessarily
1: not necessarily that in and of itself nothing wrong with that it seems that the man enjoyed what he had and what he was what he possessed And is, is there anything wrong with enjoying what God has given you? I know we can flip these just a little bit but technically no but there was something miss, missing wasn't there I liked liked this comment that was made. And when you read that, I didn't highlight them or anything, but the word I comes up quite frequently in that reading. I, 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 I. You know, we can see where the the rich man's uh, mind was focused. And so it comes up frequently. And the note writer here put, down this man had prepared himself to live but had not prepared himself to die he wasn't preparing himself to die that's I'll tell you what that just hit me right between the eyes when I read that what do I what am I spending my time and effort in my stewardship in my preparing myself i'm allowed to prepare myself but is it for living or is it for dying that's one of those big overarching statements that where is my where is my focus with my life is it on the living of this life or is it the living of the life that god <laughs> wants me to have while here that i might have that life that he has prepared for me very convicting to me god calls him a fool he calls him a fool, straight out. He'd made all these preparations. He planned, he schemed, he had his mind figured out to how that he could do what? Wrap his arms around all that he had. How could it have read differently? I mean, the man might have looked and said, I'm going to build my barns, and I tell you, in the middle of the winter time when there's no harvesting going on, the hungry can come to me and I can feed them. Right? We all thought about that when we read this, more than likely. How he could be such a... Because of the blessings God had given him, he could be a blessing to many people. He could have been a Joseph in Egypt with his storehouses. You know? So need to need to think about. Misplaced trust in the application uh, is not rich towards God.
4: James puts it of uh, boasting uh, that we're going to do such and such and go to such and such a place. And he says, you know, your life's a vapor. And so instead you should you don't have to just mouth the words of like an incantation of, well, if the Lord wills, we will do that. But it's the, that very thought, the very act of like, all of this is a blessing from God. And so if I'm going to go and do these things, if I'm able to survive that long, you know, that I've I've been God focused in all of that, that God has blessed me with this prosperity. God has blessed me with this life. And if I live 10, 20, 30, 100 more years you know, that's all a blessing from God, and how am I using that thing for Him?
1: Yeah, yeah. How true, how true. It's, it all boils down to our mindset and our, our attitude towards life. And, uh, you know, life's right here, and it's tangible, and it's really, really pulls on our hearts. <coughs> the first
4: part of that chapter also describes this warring nope. between people, as, and the very thing that he says is because you want to spend it on your own desires. On your own
1: desires. Very good. That is so true. That's excellent. Thank you. Some questions in the homework. Uh, if you don't have the homework, I'll read it. What does it mean to be rich towards God? This. <coughs> I don't think I'll take the time to put it on the board. But just just name some things. <coughs> maybe it's a one word. Uh, maybe it's a one phrase answer with you. What does it mean to be rich towards God? This was. Question one C on the homework. Rich towards God. Sarah?
3: I decided to flip it and say if you're rich towards God, more than likely you're poor towards self. Very good. Okay, that's, I that's know a, a good I don't know what that means, but you know, that yeah. <laughs> that's where I started.
1: <laughs> God's uh, God is your primary importance in life. And you are not. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Our memory verse, on we go. Yeah, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Absolutely. Micah.
0: My mind went to the parable of the talents.
1: Um, and whenever each servant was given talents, they weren't just to use them for <coughs> themselves. They were invested. And then at the end, at the reckoning, everything was given back to God. They didn't give the, the ten talent man Didn't give nine of them And hold one back He gave Everything back Very good. To God Because it is
4: Which belongs to That's right Amen So I thought of a few passages Just looking at the word rich though That in 1 Timothy 6 uh, That you do good works That you be rich In good works okay. And then like in Ephesians God Is rich in mercy Like that's not wealth, that's not money Both of those things don't describe that And then even Jesus Who being rich Yet for your sakes he became poor That you through his poverty Might become rich Not even talking about money Not even talking about money yeah. And so when we talk about this greed That form of greed These things aren't even about that Can you imagine being greedy about mercy about Or hoarding mercy yeah. We do that we do those kind of things, and that's deceptive because we think, "Well, I'm not greedy towards money." What about your good works?
1: Yeah, very good, very good. It's the things, things of God, and the things of this world, and there, therein lies the battle. You know, that's where, where's our heart, where's our mind. The things of God are the things of man. We talk about worldly wisdom. We talk about godly wisdom. We talk about worldly uh, worldly riches and God uh, heavenly riches. You know, they're... They're just not real compatible, are they? You know, not for holding no, not for holding the heart for sure. I like this little exercise. The planning of an investment portfolio to become rich towards God. We have a CPA in here. I'm sure she could probably help us what a good investment portfolio looks like. Do you have a good answer for us there, Amanda? <laughs> no. No, you don't want to offer Yeah, I'll tell you. I know most most investment counselors and and money managers and people like that. You gotta diversify. In other words, you can't have all your eggs in one basket, right? Can't have all your eggs in one basket. So diversity. But wait a minute. We're we're not talking about money. Tony just said that's not accurate. We're talking about heavenly things. So there are many things we need to invest ourselves in, our time, our talents, our treasures. That's that's what we have to spend. That's the resource that we have. Now, how do we invest it? See the parallel there? How do we invest that? How should we invest our time, talent, treasure? I mean, we could fill this board with words about how we can do that, right? Give me one. Just give me one. We won't spend a whole lot of time because we can eat the whole class up doing this one.
3: I went high level. Learn what pleases God and then do it.
1: Okay. In all things, whatever your hands to you, do, do it as unto the Lord that's one of those reach out and grab it all type things Jesse Uh,
0: it just reminds me of uh, when Jesus said when the man found the pearl he gave everything like he 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 took everything everything he had and invested it in that that single perfect thing yeah
1: and the analogy here for that would be what's the pearl well I want to be rich towards God that's the pearl right that's the pearl so everything I got I'm, I'm going to get that pearl everything I got goes into that. So that's that's pouring me out that I can that I can take lay hold on what God's got. And that's something that we do we make that investment 24 hours a day, 7 days a week every week of the year, every year of our lives while we're here. The investment opportunity is there for us constantly. How are we doing? Brothers and sisters, how am I doing with that? You could just write down a few. I got so much stuff written on this piece of paper. I can't already read it. <clears throat> but it's all time and effort, and and, and my sustenance. Thing, this things that the treasure, the things I treasure. I, uh, <clears throat> those those things are are up for expenditure on things that make me rich towards God. <clears throat> God's word. Prayer, obedience, worship, sacrifice, service, sharing, sacrificing for others. Just on and on and on. Just everything. Everything. Katrina.
2: Um, one thing, if you take like being rich in mercy, how could you, well, it's a practical, not just ethereal, but um, pick somebody that needs to know what forgiveness is and show them. That's a messy business. Mm-hmm. Should I show them yeah. show them what, what God has done for you and how he has forgiven all the things that you've done and
1: that's you right that's...
2: Them. pick them up and help them show them
1: and you know doing that is you're, you're showing them God through your actions you're preaching the gospel when we do that the good news is anything that's in this book is good news that came through Jesus Christ. You it's know? interesting
4: that, that Peter and John they, they told the, the lame man that we don't have gold and silver, but what we do have, we, we give to you.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent and example so, of
4: that. That's the great wealth that they have. And yeah, it, and it's not just in not just in preaching. I mean, that, that's that's one form of it. But it, can you imagine if like everything that you did with every endeavor, like somehow everything that you did made money? So even your hobbies make money. Like, you would pick hobbies that would help you make money. Like, if that was the thing of, like, yeah, I like, I like certain hobbies, but they don't make me money, you know. But I got these other hobbies. Or, you know, my my recreation time, somehow that makes me money, too. Like, wouldn't you find recreations that help you make more money? So, like, even those types of things. I'm not talking about money again. I'm sure. talking about... Like would I find recreation things that also help me be rich towards God also? Would I find hobbies that also help me like spend time with my family? Or to spend time with other people or to that spiritual conversation come up with those things, you know? Like do I think about all all of do I think about the the entirety of my life with that lens as opposed to well, only in these particular realms, or only at these particular times, is everything encapsulated with God. As opposed to when you rise up, when you walk in the way, when you lay down, yeah. that all of those things can can be used. They don't even your enjoyment, enjoying life, can also
1: be used for God and and get training ourselves and finally accepting the fact that every minute of every day is his and then living adjusting our lives to glorify him in every yeah, it minute. doesn't look like
4: oh I just read my bible 24 hours a day yeah. oh I just pray that's 24 check, hours a day
1: that's your, your check box uh, men, that mentality got that done got that done got that done no it's never done there's one big dot, box to check and you don't get to check it until the Lord says enter in good and faithful servant and <laughs> <Then> you, <laughs> you can check it I lived and then you won't want to because you will have lived a life devoted to him and your life wasn't yours in the first place you came to to the conclusion that what he said was accurate it's not I who live it's Christ who lives in me I died on the cross with him very good, very good And and I think these exercises here just help bring that out and draw us closer to him and being rich towards God uh, kind of fits fits that description. Okay, let's move to Luke 16, 1 through 13. Let me see if I can get this thing to advance. And I forget where I was at now. <clears throat> the unrighteous steward. This is always an interesting read. And, uh, 1 through 13. Now, he was also saying to his disciples, There was a rich man who had a, man, a manager, and his manager was reported to him as squandering his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give, give an accounting of your management, for you can no longer be manager. The manager said to himself, What shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do so then he, so that when I am removed from the management, people will welcome me into their homes. And he summoned each one of his master's debtors, and he began to say to the uh, first, How much uh, do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. And he said to another, And how much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. And, uh, and his master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of Lot. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of the unrighteous, <coughs> of unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into eternal Dwellings. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much, and he uh, he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which of that which is another's. How will you give? I can't read. How, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So familiar to us. Obtuse. An obtuse story, isn't it? Because there's stuff going on in there and say, well, you get a rascal. This 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 guy's a he's a, he's a rascal. What do you uh, let me look at my notes here? Equipment. So so we see we see what very very quickly. Steward's been a bad one. He's not done a good job. Masters finally. Finally, Master's figured it out. He says, you're fired. You're fired. Although it seems to me that he still, uh, I don't know if he had any authority, but I think maybe he just went on his own to men and women or people that he knew owed him money. Tell me what he was doing. Why did he do what he did? And then, why was there praise?
3: He was, he was cheating his master yet again by reducing the debt of others a debt owed to the master um, and so suddenly the the debtor didn't owe quite as much and so kind of like saved him money in paying back the debt yeah.
1: <clears throat> in order to
3: be welcomed into their homes afterwards
1: there you go There you go. He was feathering his nest in more than one place, obviously. At least two, because we know about the two here, right? They're revealed to us. So feathering his nest. He first he was stealing from his master, it would seem. Now what's he doing? He's stealing from his master, yeah, Jesse.
0: Yeah, you know, verse 8, we always kind of have a little bit of problem understanding that. But I, I, someone gave the explanation that the first part of the verse is just an example of the second part of the verse. Right? Like, his master probably had no problem with him making him money because he was shrewd. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is the whole idea that the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind very, very true, right? Like, when you steep yourself in commercialism and materialism, you get very good at it. And so, of course, he committed <laughs> because it's the same way that he probably made him money. He may not have kept his job still, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just this emphasis of the, of the fact that yeah, the people that are, you know, get rich in this life are good at it, and, it, you know, sons of light probably aren't that good at it. <clears throat>
1: and, and Jesus is using this scenario to teach a much deeper, more meaningful lesson, right? So he's using, obviously this man's scruples are, are, are amiss, right? He, he's a fiend and he's manipulative and he's self-indulged in taking care of himself at someone else's expense, right? We see that for sure. But, so <clears throat> we get this little, and anybody throw anything in here you want to, this, this correlation is the idea that he was he was invested in taking care of himself in the long haul, okay? I think that's what our lesson is about here. Are we shrewd and attentive to taking care of ourselves in the long haul? What we've been talking about. Are we rich towards God? Are we good at living but not prepared to die? Those, those kind of things. And this manipulative servant, he, he never really changed, probably didn't really change anything he discontinued being shrewd. He was stealing from his master in the first place. Now he just stole from him in another way, but to benefit himself. Well he was probably always benefiting self. Other other discussion there. Thanks, Jesse. That was good. What would what would you add to give us some better understanding? Maybe bring us tighter on what we see here.
4: Well, do you know what the currency is of the current marketplace? <laughs> um Raymond Kurosaki talks about that people who save money are fools because the currency isn't cash, it's debt. And so like he's trying, he's made a lot of wealth off of you know, using his debt as a way to build wealth, you know, for a physical means. Do you know what the currency is? So we talked about riches towards God. Do you know what that currency is toward God in this spiritual marketplace? And so, are you shrewd with those types of things? Because there's certain things that will provide more wealth as opposed to less wealth. And so, like, are you are you actively like, are you looking at the stock market in the spiritual realm? And are you are you gauging where those things are at? And are you always trying to keep out? Okay, like, well, how are these investments working toward toward that goal? That goal. But even to what he's talked about here, if you just you don't have to extrapolate too far. Just take those those riches that he talks about there, and just make it in like what Katrina talked about of mercy. God has given you a a ton of mercy. Yeah,
1: that's right. What does
4: you do with that? He distributes it. Right. You know. And so, who's going to receive a man? Amen. Well, yeah.
1: you know. So what
4: about anything else? Anything else that falls into that?
1: Well, it's that investment portfolio we were just talking about, and it kind of yeah. ties in with that. Well the God Not what, what we're inve- in what are we in But even in. in this
4: life others would receive you in, wouldn't they?
1: Oh, certainly. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, we see the correlation. It's, I mean, it's pretty the, clear.
4: You know, you asked of like what did you want to be remembered for? And I think like Barnabas, he, he apparently had at least some wealth that he sold his property, you know, that was that was a thing that he was noted for. But that wasn't the thing he was known for. He was known as a son of encouragement. Yeah. And that's right. what you continue to see with him, with yeah. Paul, and also with Mark. Yeah. That he is a, he's a, he's the para, he's the parallel. He's yeah. the one that goes with people. Yeah. Uh, that, like Dorcas or good. someone like that, that's, that's what they're known for. I mean, sometimes I wish I could be like that, but I feel mm-hmm. like there's, there's a lot of things that I've got to root out, you know, to even begin of where, where Barnabas was at. But, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's yeah, absolutely. The, uh, <clears throat> we see that, well, the well, the moral of the story, the moral of the story or the point that Jesus, I think was looking at along with what Tony has said is very precisely, looking for uh, looking unto our future, but we do that just every day every day. It's, it's something we do every day. Anne, what do you have?
2: Um, what Tony was talking about made me think of the difference between Barnabas and a monk. You know, the, the um, goal of a monastic lifestyle was to give up everything but then just be isolated. And so they would literally go their entire lives not interacting with people and barely interacting with one another. Whereas yeah. Barnabas's generosity was just one tool um, because the bigger goal was encouraging people and bringing people to Jesus. Yeah. And um, giving things is just part of that. It's, it's yeah. part of coming alongside people and helping them in, like Tony was talking about earlier, you know, tons of ways that don't involve money. And like Katrina yeah. was talking about, you know, sharing mercy is just as
1: important as sharing. And the first thing we hear about Barnabas is sacrifice. It comes first, doesn't it? He had a change of mind, had a change of heart that caused him to empty himself, but then he went out and he filled everybody else up out of his emptiness. Out of his emptiness. And was remembered by that. We can do that. Because what we have to give are more than the riches of this world the riches of God uh, for this life and the life to come are immeasurable and abundant and all we have to do is avail ourselves of them and then share that with other people and there's no there's no no better way we can spend our time is there no better way good discussion thank you What what would you add on this section with the uh... go ahead.
0: Oh, it was verse ten, but I I thought it was neat that you know, faithfulness, he who's faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and Mm -hmm. he who's dishonest in very little. Those are not circumstantial qualities, right? Just like you had pointed out, that individual was self preserving and was going to continue to be self preserving through all of this. Right but so is faithful
1: Keep like the th- the yeah, very good Very good. let's see if we can get uh, Luke 16, 19 through 31 at least read. they're going to blow the whistle on us here in a second uh, I think all I had to do was scroll down I don't know why I'm doing this I knew it okay Sarah, you feel like reading? I'll scroll up or you can read out of your Bible. 19 through 31, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus.
3: Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your life you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus' bad things. But now he is being comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed, so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able, and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, in order that he may warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead."
1: Very good, okay we had some questions uh, in there. Um, we haven't yeah, I guess we did. okay so we we see the rich man in punishment. How would you define why he was in a place of agony what do you what do you see or what do you assume from the story
3: It, it kind of implies that he was not generous. And he did not care for Lazarus, who was, like, sitting right there at his front gate. <laughs> it's not like he wasn't caring for people who were a thousand miles away that they didn't know about. It was this guy right here. You walk past him on, on the way to the mark. Yeah,
1: it would seem that it was, we, we we think sometimes God does, you know, set trials in front of us. And Lazarus may well have been the rich man's trial, you know right there so I'm all the time you still here you know uh, and he and he he would have been a test for the rich man obviously he was a test if that be the case he was a test that the rich man did not pass you know he did not he did not show compassion and care for for Lazarus <coughs> you know it was a perfect opportunity for uh, him to serve Lazarus. What would it have cost the rich man to feed this beggar? Nothing. I mean, he just, the beggar wanted just the crumbs from your table, you know. And uh, Lazarus did not, or, or the rich man did not provide those things. So, the, uh, what's the takeaway here? because we're gonna be we're really short here this is there a takeaway the story is very much like the previous two stories uh, shadowy reflection what what would what would you add what do you what do you feel like I'll, I'll just ask you a question was that was was the rich man rich towards God how do you know by how he lived his life right you can look at him you can look at this you can look at this picture of him that these words describe and and we can we can judge in our hearts that this this individual in this in this story in this account was was not presented in a way that he was in any way sacrificial or concerned about anyone else but himself he lived in luxury uh, lived in comfort and turned his eyes away from Lazarus.
4: I just thought of uh, like David and Mephibosheth. The Mephibosheth oh, yeah. actually almost became a figure to yeah. some extent mm-hmm. and had nothing. Uh, all the, all that property had been taken away from them uh, especially being the uh, son of Very Saul good. and Saul no longer being the king and had to run and hide and and
1: he eats in his
4: house every day.
1: There you go. Okay. We'll stop here. Maybe we'll ask a few questions right at the end or just some things to think about (laughs) when we start up on Wednesday. But we're going to talk about debt. We're going to talk about debt on Wednesday. Thanks for your uh, participation. It was good. Excellent. (laughs) this is stewardship money parables lesson 19